3: I am Gabby (laughs) and I'm Olivia and this is Dark Origins Podcast. Obviously today we have a different guest. This is my sister Olivia. I'm going to be telling her the story tonight because Rob was not able to do this episode.
4: A treat for you guys.
3: Yes. (laughs) I think you guys will all really like Olivia.
4: I've never done this before so just a heads up. We are raw dogging it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. But you're gonna do great. It gets, it seems weird and just weird at first, but then it feels much more normal as you get into it. Okay, it just basically feels like a conversation. And I'm sorry if you guys can hear my dog barking or my dogs barking in the background. Arthur's barking at the moment. He's just trying to protect the house.
4: <laughs> protect?
3: Yeah. All right. So today I'm gonna be telling Olivia a story that is pretty gruesome i'm not gonna lie so trigger warning for cannibalism um just very kind of gruesome i'm gonna tell it in a respectful way but i just want to give everyone a heads up in case you can't deal with things that are a little bit more a little more gory than usual and also trigger warning potentially for sexual assault but it's honestly not clear in this case
4: does rob know the cases too before
3: no okay yeah So yeah, Olivia knows nothing of this case, just like we normally do. Normally, we do a case that is inspired like a movie or a book or show. You know Mm -hmm. the premise of the podcast. But today, it's going to be a little bit different because I'm going to be telling you the story of a crime that was committed by the artist himself. So he was a rapper and the contents of his raps kind of came to life. His name is Antron Singleton, otherwise known as Big Lurch. Some of you may have heard of him. This was like early aughts, late 90s rap. So he was a rapper whose music was gaining traction before he was charged with the murder of 21 year old. Tynesha Isaiah, I believe is how you say her last name. Before I tell you about the crime, I'm going to give you some background information. So I'm going to stop calling him Big Lurch. Now I'm going to call him by his real name, Antron. So Antron was born in Dallas, Texas on September 15th, 1976. He was just a young boy when his interest in writing began. He was about seven years old when he started getting really interested in poetry specifically, which obviously transformed into an interest in rap. In his early 20s, he joined a rap group called Cosmic Slop Shop. (laughs) Slop Shop, wow. Yeah, that was short-lived after their one and only album wasn't as successful as they were hoping.
4: But it was... Could be the name. Yeah, (laughs) definitely.
3: Cosmic Slop Shop, there's something about the name that really um, turns me off and away from Mm -hmm. that.
4: Definitely the slop shop. Yes,
3: (laughs) Slop Slop Shop. Shop. I don't like it. It was actually, like, somewhat successful, though, but it just wasn't as successful as they were hoping. After the group disbanded, Big Lurch pursued a solo career, and his style falls under the horrorcore genre of rap, which you've heard of that, right? mm Remember when we used to listen to, like, Hopson? I'm,
4: yeah, okay. Yeah. I knew you were going to say
3: that. Yeah, so
4: uh, Hopson is kind
3: of like a horrorcore artist. Some of even, like, Eminem songs can be considered For horrorcore, sure. It's definitely one of the more obscure genres, but there are a lot of horror core listeners. Okay. So to describe horror core, I would say it's almost like a psychological thriller plus horror movie meets rap and hip hop. And it shares themes similar to those seen in certain types of metal music, especially like death metal. Okay. So if that gives you an idea of what what it is. And I will read some of the lyrics to some of his songs too, so you can kind of see how they may have influenced one another.
4: Okay, beautiful.
3: His name was inspired by the incredibly tall character from the Adams family, Lurch, because he was like six, seven. He was very, very tall. Yeah. So, as Antron was finding success as a solo artist, his life was majorly shaken up when he was hit by a drunk driver. His neck was broken, and he was in the hospital for a relatively long time as he recovered. While there, he was heavily medicated to treat his pain. And then some sources say that he was discharged from the hospital because his insurance wouldn't pay anymore.
4: Is he located in America, I'm assuming?
3: Yeah, Dallas, Texas. Yeah,
4: I mean, what they do in Texas is questionable, but I don't think they can just – they can't just discharge you because you can't pay for it. Really? No, you you have to take care of people.
3: Even if he is – technically like he he had been treated um he had been there for a while
4: stable to be discharged yeah gotcha okay but i
3: only got that from one source other sources didn't really um explain like how he was discharged from the hospital so it may have just been that they had treated him and he was medically stable and they let him leave okay the problem though was they didn't give him any pain medication when he left and he had been taking, they had been giving him a lot of pain medication Mm -hmm. while he was there. On top of the pain that he was feeling from the crash, he was also feeling excruciating pain from opioid withdrawal. Mm -hmm. And in order to cope with this, he began to seek out drugs on the street to help. This part is really weird to me. Um, Normally when people seek out medication or street drugs to help them with opioid withdrawal they seek out opioids yeah um, like heroin or something like that but instead he was trying to get PCP
4: oh all right big lurch
3: yeah so interesting he had done PCP before but he had apparently had a terrible reaction to it and it landed him in the hospital with psychosis because obviously PCP has some horrible, horrible side effects, which include psychosis, hallucinations. Mm -hmm. The high from PCP, I guess users can feel euphoria. They can feel like invincible almost. I guess that is the appeal is that you can feel that euphoria and that invincibility. And apparently it also helped with his pain. Okay. But the side effects are terrible.
4: Yeah. Don't outweigh the benefit
3: no not at all not at all so despite the terrible reaction that he had had before he decided to reach out to a friend and ask him if he could get some pcp for him as antron continued to recover stress-free records which is a record label or was a record label reached out to him and they offered him a record deal which he accepted so they flew him out to california but the partnership was short-lived because antron realized he just could not work with them The problems arose from their gang affiliations. So Antron was a blood and most of the people working for stress-free records were Crips. Mm. And obviously that caused a lot of tension and just problems in the studio and outside. So he decided he was going to break off the relationship. He was going to, I guess, yeah, he was going (laughs) to, he was going to break the contract and he was going to fly back to Dallas. So that's what he does. And now he's desperate for money because he's not, you know, making money from his music. So he starts selling drugs. And this ended up with him catching charges pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Stress-free records caught wind of the legal troubles that he was facing. And they clearly really wanted to work with him. I guess they did not care about the gang affiliations. Um, I think they just thought that he was going to be able to be a popular artist and make them a lot of money. Yeah. So they reached out to him again, and they told him that they would send him a great lawyer to help him in court, which is something that he did not have the money for, if he agreed to come back and work for them. He accepted their offer, so they sent out the owner of the label, actually, who was also a famous lawyer named Milton Grimes. So... I'm saying they sent out Milton Grimes, but it seems like Milton Grimes was, you know, being the actual owner of the label was probably the one to initiate to initiate all of it. Grimes was the lawyer for Rodney King, who he had successfully represented in a very high profile police brutality case. I'm sure everyone, at least most people in America, probably know about the Rodney King case. So he was pretty famous for being a good lawyer. hmm. And Milton was able to get all of Antron's charges dismissed, actually. So Antron had to go back to California and work with stress-free records because now he owes them. After moving to California, he moved in with a man named Thomas Moore and his girlfriend named Tynesha Isaiah. Thomas was actually Antron's drug dealer and the apartment was essentially a trap house. Like they sold drugs out of it. People came to use drugs. Mm -hmm. It was that was the environment that he was going to be living in. Gotcha. So unfortunately, Tynesha's two children also lived in the apartment, which obviously is not a great environment for children to be living in. Not at all. And it sounds like Tynesha was in a bit of a rough predicament as she was trying to leave Thomas because he was allegedly abusive towards her two children. And on top Mm -hmm. of that, there was a major tension between her and Antron because she felt that Antron was interfering with her relationship with Thomas. So,
4: Very hostile environment.
3: Yeah, overall she was just not happy living there. Mm,
4: That's fucked.
3: Yeah, so on the night of April 9th, 2002, Tynesha, Thomas, Antron, and a few other friends were hanging out at the apartment and smoking PCP. And like I said, this night, the children were not there. The next morning, Antron and Tynesha were at the apartment alone while Thomas was out doing other stuff. I have not been able to find what he was doing, but he was out doing stuff. Thomas. 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 Yes. And Thomas is the boyfriend of Tynesha. Okay. At this point, a friend of Thomas and Antron named Derek stopped by to buy some PCP. And Derek was a wheelchair user because he was paralyzed. And the apartment that they lived in was not accessible to wheelchair users because it didn't have an elevator. So when he would get there, he would normally call Thomas or Antron to have them come downstairs and then carry him in his wheelchair up, which is what they did on that morning of April 10th. As Derek entered the apartment, he said the smell of PCP was very strong and he noticed Antron was a little sluggish and seemed to be high, but it wasn't anything that was too out of the ordinary. I mean, that was pretty normal because at this point, Antron is addicted to PCP. So once Derek gets into the apartment, he sits down on the couch with Tynesha and Antron and they all smoke some PCP together pretty normal, nothing super weird until Tynesha gets up to go to the bathroom. As she's walking away from them, Antron looks at Derek and says, I'm going to go get me some pussy before getting up and following Tynesha. Oh, no. Yeah. And Derek thought it was weird because Mm -hmm. why is Antron trying to have sex with his roommate's girlfriend? But he didn't interfere in any way which i know and i understand that he's paralyzed so he can't physically do anything but he could have said something he could have said something or he could have when you hear what happens after he could have it, it just is unfortunate okay so obviously feeling very unsettled and kind of disturbed by this, he decides he's going to leave. And he's probably thinking like, I don't want Thomas to get pissed at me for, you know, if he finds out that I was just sitting here while Mm -hmm. Antron tries to have sex with Tynesha, or he's thinking, I don't want to sit here while Antron assaults Tynesha. So he decides to leave the apartment and he asks a neighbor for help to get back downstairs. As he's going down the stairs, he hears Tynesha scream and she's screaming at Antron to stop. Jeez. Stop. But Derek does nothing. He doesn't call police. What he doesn't do fuck? anything. Yeah.
4: Men need to be speaking out to their friends and other men out there. Hold them accountable. Yes, Absolutely.
3: I mean, if you're afraid, like physically afraid that your friend is going to hurt you Mm -hmm. if you say something, then leave and call police or leave and do something. Mm -hmm. Because at this point, once he leaves and he hears Tynesha screaming, he knows what's going on.
4: And is, yeah, consciously making the choice not to intervene.
3: Yeah. And the neighbor who helped Derek downstairs, she comes back up after, you know, she gets him out there and she heard a bump come from the apartment. And then she saw Antron walk out of the apartment with pants on and gloves on, but he wasn't wearing a shirt and the gloves appeared to have a red substance on Mm -hmm. them that looked like blood. She saw him come back to the apartment about 30 seconds later before she heard the water turn on in the apartment. And then she noticed Antron leave the apartment again about 45 minutes later. But this time he was completely naked, covered in blood, and eating.
4: Jesus Christ.
3: Yeah. So she calls police because
4: Mm.
3: eating something. Okay. Yeah. All right. So around this same time, Tynesha's friend named Alicia Allen had called Tynesha, but Antron answered the phone and told her that Tanisha had left for the mall and the only people at the apartment were Derek and himself. So, you know, Alicia probably thinks that's weird, but she doesn't think that much of it. Yeah. So not too long after making that phone call, Alicia is walking through L.A. and she is near 110th and Hoover when she spots Derek making his way down the street. And Derek stops to talk to her to tell her that she should check on Tynesha because he had heard her screaming as he left her apartment. So now he tells That's him Yeah. <laughs> Obviously disturbed and worried about her friend, Alicia rushed over to the apartment. As she neared the complex, she saw Antron walking around braiding his hair and staring at this guy completely naked and covered with blood. Oh, God. She told a passing police car about Antron before continuing on her way to Tynesha's apartment. So they're going to go figure that out. Mm-hmm. She's going to, you know, keep going as she makes her way into the building and up the stairs. She begins to notice small drops of blood, but she continued on because she's a good friend and mm. she wants to make sure that Tynesha is Okay. In front of the door to the actual apartment, there was a much larger bloodstain, but that still didn't stop her from entering because, again, she's a good friend and she wants to check on Tynesha.
4: Much better than Derek.
3: Yes, much better <laughs> friend than Derek. She opens the door to the apartment and makes her way to Tynesha's room. And in the background, she can hear the shower running, but there's no one in there. Mm-hmm. Let me re that. So she opened the door to the apartment and made her way to Tynesha's room. She could hear the shower running, but nobody was in it. And once she made it into the bedroom, she was met with an extremely gruesome scene. Tynesha's brutalized body was laying on the bedroom floor. She had a gaping wound that went from her chest to her lower abdomen, and some of her organs had been pulled out of her body and left in a pile on top of her.
4: Jesus Christ.
3: And I just want to remind everyone that Tynesha is 21 years old and she's a mom to two children.
4: Oh my God. This is so. the podcast episode you want me on? <laughs> it just, it happened just happened that it worked out. It this, okay. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry.
3: No, it's okay. Her right lung and part of her intestines were pulled out mm-hmm. and there were teeth oh. marks on her lung as if someone had taken a bite out of it. Jesus Christ. Her face also looked as if it had been chewed on and chewed up. Um, there were teeth marks all over, like her cheek area. Huh. And then, on top of the gaping wound, there were also many superficial cuts that were just made, seemingly to torture her. And part of the knife was stuck in her shoulder after it had God. broken off in the in her scapula.
4: That's fucked. Are we allowed to swear in here? Yeah, I'm assuming. Okay. Just in lieu of PCP and everything, I was reading not too long ago, Drug Use for Adults by Dr. Carl, Carl L. Shit, what <laughs> is his name? <laughs> Carl L. Hart, I believe. And because I feel like PCP, there is a wide stigma with it um, in terms of like violence and like the whole eating of the face thing in Florida, which I believe that was bath salts that so they were. Yeah. But anyways, um, the only drug in that person's system was marijuana, which was a very negligible amount. Anyways, um, so PCP is not just like a violent drug when used. You know, like maybe just edit this whole part out of there. This is more just.
3: No, no, I, I actually think it's important to say because I feel like there is a stigma with PCP, and I feel like. It's partially like racism mm-hmm. related. I feel like a lot of people look at it as a drug that is mostly used by black people, which I a don't think is true. Mm-hmm. But that's just what the media has kind of what shown us. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It, I think there is um, a big stigma that you know people who use PCP become really violent murderers mm-hmm. and eat people,
4: Yeah, which is not the case for every person who uses pp pcp
3: yeah i think the majority of you know pcp users and times that people have used pcp they may not have had the best experience mm-hmm. but it normally They're does not lead faces? in lead to violence yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. no no i think that that because i i do remember when that thing happened in florida mm-hmm. and they were talking about bath salts and then it came out that it was completely unrelated yeah. and he Yeah. Barely had any drugs in his system. Mm -hmm. So also important to note that that's why we need mental health care for people because we don't want it to get to that point. And Mm -hmm. 99.9% of people with a mental health issue are never going to be violent. Yes. In fact, most of them are more likely to have violence done towards mm-hmm. them. I think that's very important to say because there's also a stigma with mental illness. But in that 0.01 percent of times, we need mental health care access so that it does not get to that point.
4: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
3: Just an an important note. Yes. And then there's obviously you know some people who are just straight up evil and yeah, like I, it, I, I don't know how that can be fixed. Not hand in hand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But there, you know, there are times where, you know, I think people's hallucinations and delusions get to a point where it causes them to do something that they wouldn't have done otherwise, even though that is extremely, extremely rare. Yes. So that is the scene that Alicia walked into. And meanwhile, officers were pulling up on a naked and bloody antron. They noticed a meaty substance on his Mm -hmm. goatee. And they also noted his very sweaty appearance. They arrested him without incidents. Mm-hmm. It was totally fine. He complied with everything they said and they put handcuffs on him, put him in the car. And there was no, no issues with that. I believe they took him to the hospital first. And on Probably. the way. Yeah. On the way there, unprompted, Antron apparently said, Oh, Jesus. God, did I kill her? Oh, Oh, God, did I kill her? God. Yeah. Once they arrived to the emergency room, Antron's stomach was pumped and they found parts of Tynesha's lung tissue in his stomach. Good. Yeah. I'm going to read from some of the court records what the coroner found. So I'm just reading it straight from that because it's easier. And I will link all of the sources in the description. So if you're interested in looking at any of these, you can find it there. A coroner who examined Tynesha testified as follows. Tynesha suffered numerous injuries, multiple contusions, and lots of abrasions to the head. There were extensive injuries scattered on both sides of her face, but she had a large laceration and incised wounds on the right side of her face. And the most extensive injuries were on on that side of her face. Tynesha's facial bones were fractured and a tooth was partially dislocated. Tynesha had injuries beneath her scalp. Her brain was injured and swelling and there were contusions on her brain. There was a large laceration and bruising on the left side of her face. There was more laceration above her eye. I think they meant lacerations. (laughs) There was more lacerations above her eye, lacerations on her eyes and bruising around her eyes. There were multiple incised wounds near her nose and the wounds were more like cutting than stabbing wounds. Like I said before, some of them were just very superficial and it seemed like he was just doing it to torture her.
4: Good God.
3: All right. Back to, that was just a little note that I'm just adding in. I'm going to now back to the court records.
4: I am curious. Do we have the poetry from when he was a kid? Examples of it or no? No. Not that I've found, but that would be really, really interesting yeah, to, to read. He, I know. I'm curious what that was like or what his art form was like when he was younger and if it was consistently like violent. And
3: yeah. No, me too. Mm-hmm. That, that I wish that we could find that because yeah. I think that that would give us a lot more insight into mm-hmm.
4: who this man
3: was and yeah. what
4: his past was like.
3: Yeah. There was also an abrasion on her right ear. There were several superficial incised wounds caused by a sharp object on the side of Tynesha's neck. There were also multiple cuts, lacerations, and scratches on her neck. Tynesha's shoulder was injured and her neck vertebrae was fractured. A photograph of the right side of Tynesha's body depicted a large incised wound and multiple superficial incised wounds. Tynesha had two or three defensive bruising wounds on her left hand, mm-hmm. which that makes it very clear that she was mm-hmm. alive for most yeah, of the attacks and she fought very even hard.
4: more disturbing.
3: Yeah. Tynesha had a large gaping incised wound about nine inches long on her chest into the side. There were perhaps 11 superficial incised wounds. Tynesha's right lung had been removed. Parts of the right lung were recovered from the apartment.
4: What the fuck?
3: Yeah. Appellant's stomach was pumped at the hospital and the contents contained an organ, that is tissue resembling a lung. (sighs) So that's what the coroner found. God. According to Antron himself, he does not remember anything from the first two weeks after the murder. And he also doesn't remember the murder itself. He said the last thing he remembered was hanging out with everyone the night before, smoking PCP, and then waking up two weeks later in jail with a murder charge. What the fuck? Yeah. Not sure, you know, how much I'm I believe accurate, that, but yeah. that's what he says. <laughs> Stress-free records sent out Milton Grimes, the lawyer, again, to defend Antron.
4: Wow. Again? I yeah. Even with that? I
3: know. I'm like... Do you guys really Is he that think? Good? <laughs> yes, like you really think that after all of this, if he gets out somehow, people are really gonna want to listen to him? Still, like I don't get that. Yeah, <laughs> Milton was hoping to plead not guilty by reason of insanity, but he knew it would be hard to pull off because California does not allow insanity pleas if the defendant knowingly ingested a substance that they know can cause hallucinations. And psychosis.
4: Oh, okay. Which I
3: find that to be kind of a blurry, like very blurry. Because you're saying that if this happened, you can plead not guilty by reason of insanity if like a mental health problem caused you to do this. Mm -hmm. But addiction is a mental health problem. And at some
4: oh go ahead. I was just gonna say, especially with like hallucinogenic drugs. Typically, if like someone is predisposed to having like schizophrenia or something that can cause the illness to like present or, you know, yeah. like, they might not have had symptoms prior to that. But like with it the triggers. induction, yeah, triggers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The mental illness. Too.
3: Yeah. And at one point they do say that and I don't know you know how true this is, but the defense does claim that he was diagnosed with bipolar disorder at some point. And mm. even though bipolar disorder might not cause, you know, hallucinations in the same way that schizophrenia does or might not cause as many, I'm not a psychiatrist. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm just, I'm just talking as a layman. Mm -hmm. I mean, I do have a degree in neuroscience, but still I don't, I don't practice (laughs) anything like that. So, but it's bipolar disorder still can Mm. cause delusions and hallucinations. So,
4: Mm.
3: yeah, I think it's kind of a weird law in my opinion.
4: Yeah, definitely a blurry
3: area. So the defense relied heavily on expert witness testimony from a forensic psychiatrist named Dr. Kalshal Sharma, I believe is how you say it. Dr. Sharma theorized that because PCP sometimes attaches itself to fatty tissue in the body, that it's possible that some of it could have been released back into his blood, causing him to become higher than he had intended to. So if he smoked, you know, PCP thinking, this is how much I normally smoke. You know, this is, I'll I'll get the normal high that I normally get, but then some of it's released from that fatty tissue into the bloodstream again, getting him higher than normal. He's saying that would have been out of his control and that, you know, could have caused him to
4: Wait, so they're saying that he smoked this amount of PCP and then the PCP that was in his fatty tissue from previous times that he smoked started to release. And then he got higher than hmm.
3: that's what, yes, he's, he is saying that that is a possibility. Interesting. Okay. So, I mean, the really, def- the defense is really grasping yeah. at straws yeah. here, I think. Just um, a bit. And then both the defense and prosecution used Antron's lyrics to try to reach their goals. So the defense was trying to use it to help him, you know, plead not guilty by a reason of insanity. And the prosecution was trying to use his lyrics against him to say, this is just who he is. Look at mm-hmm. his lyrics. He wanted to do this, Okay. which I don't think that you should ever use either a person's art or art that the person is into to try to, like Like present that as
4: their personality or like who they are as a person yeah Yeah. because
3: a lot of people are into you know darker Mm -hmm. things but they're not violent at all yeah and then you know art is just a way to like to express yourself i understand that you can definitely gain perspective from it Mm -hmm. but i don't think that you can necessarily use it as a A motive yeah like
4: yeah, like cause, I, like a direct cause or whatever correlation yeah, between the two. Yeah. Yeah.
3: But I mean, I do think it's important to consider for sure because mm-hmm. you definitely can you
4: can notice like a pattern.
3: With, yeah. Yeah. And gain insight into their mindset mm-hmm. and just overall, you know, state. So, I'm going to read you just a little part of one of his songs so that you can kind of gain an understanding of what they were saying in court and also why they felt that it was important to bring this up in court Okay. so one of the lyrics to his song called i did it to you which also these songs were not released at the time of the trial which is interesting for reasons that i'll explain later on
4: okay do we know when he claims so like he wrote them
3: no, I'm not sure when he said that he wrote these, but I I believe it was, you know, not too long before the murder. Okay. So one of the the chorus in the song I Did It to You goes Jason Voorhees, Michael Myers, and Freddy Krueger, Jeffrey Dahmer, Charles Manson, and all of your friends. I'm finsta school ya cause murder's a hobby. Okay. So here's another, um, you know, little piece of it. I'm using a torture chamber and not a Ruger. So if you wake up in a puddle of blood, I did it to you.
4: Oh my God. Yeah. (sighs) So
3: I'm a set an example out of a motherfucker without my steel. Cause I'm like a hungry lion. I moves in for the slaughter. I killed him for the simplest things, $20 bills and even quarters. I'm like a vampire. Fresh meat, I can't pass it. Walking down the street with a syringe, injecting fools with battery acid. Leaving your mama singing the blues, I'm bad news. I watch you sink to the bottom of the ocean wearing cement shoes.
4: So, yeah. It does make it hard not to, you know, look at and consider. Yeah, I
3: agree. I I agree. Because, like, it's the fact that what he's saying in these songs is, like, so similar to, to what how, he did yeah like he's you know kind of talking about cannibalism a little mm-hmm. bit when he's you know saying like because i'm hungry because i'm like a hungry lion i move in for the slaughter mm-hmm. he's talking about torturing people someone checked the ocean
4: or a lake or wherever <laughs> <laughs> yeah seriously <laughs> oh, my oh my god, god. okay Yeah. So it's really fucked up. So um,
3: (laughs) his trial does not end how he wants it to end. He, I mean, the prosecution has so much evidence, like her lung tissue was Mm. literally in his stomach. Mm
4: -hmm.
3: How, yeah, there's, I mean, how do you get out of that? So obviously he was found guilty. mm -hmm. He gets sentenced to life. He's still alive, so he's in prison and he has done some interviews since he's been in there. And what he says and just all of the stuff that has happened after his he's found guilty is kinda bizarre to me. Mm
0: -hmm. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist
2: For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.
3: So he says that he's not guilty and he believes that Milton Grimes, his lawyer, did not represent him well. He feels that Milton Grimes may have made a deal with the Mm. DA or with a judge or someone So that if he did a bad job on his case so that he was found guilty, Milton Grimes would gain favor on another case that he was working on. I don't really see any, there's no evidence to like prove that that Mm -hmm. happened. I will say after, you know, this case happens, Milton Grimes ends up being sued in a malpractice suit, and he is ordered to pay $1.2 million to the person that sued him because the jury found that he failed to properly litigate her civil wrongful death case. Mm. So, is he a bit of a shady lawyer? It's possible. Sounds I mean, like it. this clearly, you know.
4: Last name is Grimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: And it's like people can do, you know, a really good job on certain things like he did in the Rodney King case Mm -hmm. and also be a not great person or like bad people can do good things. So it is very possible that, yeah, he, he seems like maybe he is a bit of a shady lawyer. And, you know, I think this stuff with stress free records was also a bit shady. The fact that they kept trying to you know get antron to sign these contracts when he's at like the lowest points in his life that's that's kind of shady to me Mm -hmm. but there's no evidence to like prove that he was trying to gain favor in another case so i okay i don't know where that came from antron said that he believes that she was attacked by a pit bull
4: and the pit bull ate part of her and then put made him eat some so that's the thing—is like, how did her lung
3: tissue end up in Just your so stomach? Then
4: to be digested by you, right? <laughs> and ingested by you. Take that part out.
3: I mean, it was being digested at the
4: time, so yeah, I guess digestion you know. starts with chewing. But yeah,
3: yeah. Okay. yeah, Um And the the kind of sad and strange thing about all of this is that Tynesha's mom also, at least at one point, believed that Antron was innocent as well. Oh, my. And she believed the pit bull story. And they said that they thought that the pit bull attacked her, left a piece of meat out in the house. Antron came across it and picked it up and ate it.
4: Not one like (laughs) he ate it. Found a piece of meat on the ground where I'm assuming there was blood and shit everywhere. And also, where's the pit bull at this point? And also, who's eating raw meat on the ground? Right. Exactly. (laughs) Who the fuck
3: comes across a random piece of raw meat on the ground and picks it up and eats it? Like, that is...
4: That does not happen. Yeah. No.
3: And yeah, there's going to be blood everywhere. Like, And she's going to be in the room... If you're close mm-hmm. enough to where, we'll like, see. the meat is, you're probably going to maybe see her in there. Yeah. It just, it doesn't really uh, make sense to me. But some sources say that there was a pit bull that lived at the house, which wasn't mentioned in the trial. But I still don't think that that matters. Yeah.
4: because Poor pit bull also. <laughs> Getting blamed.
3: I know. Like, what the fuck? Don't use the uh, pit bull as a scapegoat. Literally. So it's not totally clear to me if, if there actually was a pit bull that lived there mm-hmm. or not because different sources say different things. But, I mean, if a pit bull attacked her, I just think that.
4: The injuries do not line up with a dog attack either. Like, did the did the pit bull pick up a knife with its mouth yeah,
3: and use it like. to stab her? You know, like. Oh, my God. Wh- who did the, who stabbed her? Who caught her mm-hmm and also um this is really fucked up but there was semen found oh, god but for some fucking reason they didn't test it to see whose it was what yeah the fuck so they don't know if it was her boyfriends or if it was antron's
4: and they i, that, I do don't do this shit all the time
3: yeah why would you not test the that i
4: right know like what the, that's evidence yeah
3: very important evidence yeah. and in my opinion if it is antron's that changes the motive a little bit for yeah, me yeah
4: for sure so what the fuck dude
3: i know so um yeah like clearly a fucking pitbull did not stab her yeah and do all of that damage yeah i think that her mom believes that it was her boyfriend thomas who stabbed her and then the pitbull oh ate Part of her, like Hmm. after or something. Even then, though, coincidentally, Antron just happened to eat a mystery meat piece Mm -hmm. and then get covered. Yeah. Get covered in blood, take all of his clothes off, Mm -hmm. start walking around outside, staring at the sky, covered in her blood. But it was the pitbull. But it was the pitbull and her boyfriend. (sighs) Yeah. It just doesn't seem mm. possible to me. Um, and I don't know if she still believes that. And I know that, you know, when you're grieving, you can think really, really strange yeah, for things. Sure.
4: not blaming her at all. No, no, not yeah. at all. And yeah, I want to make that very clear. People grieve in whatever way they grieve. And, you know,
3: yeah. And it can, it, it's a process. It is
4: absolutely a process. And it definitely affects your, you don't see things as clearly. Yeah, you're not thinking in the right mindset at all. And, you know, you're, daughter was brutally murdered
3: yeah i cannot even imagine (laughs) trying to cope with that that is so horrific yes yeah i know so i really 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 feel so bad for
4: her mom but just with antron 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 A n t r o n. A n t o r n. A n t r o n. A n t o r n. what's happening (laughs) a-N-T-R-O-N <laughs> fucking dyslexic. You keep saying Antorn? <laughs> Antorn. <laughs> or spelling Antorn, I mean. Antron. Okay. <laughs> Antron. I forgot what I was even going to say after that, but um, horrible defense on his part, or like story.
3: Yeah. It makes no fucking yeah. sense at all. So, sorry for my dogs barking in the background, but Tanisha's mom- filed a lawsuit against stress-free records, death row records, and then some employees um, that worked for them because she said that they fed Antron Singleton a ton of PCP to further his image as like a gangster rapper. She said that, you know, giving him the PCP allowed him to write these, you know, violent lyrics and helped shape his image as this violent, you know,
4: mm-hmm.
3: person and that sells, I guess, is, yeah. you know, what the lawsuit said. But Death Row Records ended up being dropped from it because apparently they did not really have very much contact, if any at all, with Big Lurch antron singleton so it just ended up being stress-free records and then some people associated with them but i have never seen whether they reached a settlement or anything so i don't know what happened with the lawsuit
4: yeah it'd be interesting to see and also important i feel like with bringing his like past artwork up to see if like that if he was violent before or if it was pcp that had triggered some sort of psychotic episode violent episode absolutely you know
3: yeah yeah i would really that would be very interesting to see that because was he super violent Mm -hmm. before he started using pcp was this really a part of his psyche or was it just triggered by the pcp Mm -hmm. i wish that like someone could get a hold of that
4: somehow yeah that would be interesting so that's the case that's wild and very gruesome. <laughs> yeah it it's just <sighs>
3: such a fucked up case. Yeah. Um, obviously, Antron is going to be in prison for the rest of his life, and Tynesha's life was cut so short mm-hmm. at twenty one. Mm-hmm. And God. just Her to give kids and family, dude, I know. She was a mom of two. She was so young, had her whole life ahead of her. And she was an aspiring model and she was beautiful. I I really think that, you know, she could have been very successful as a model. That's so sad. And she was just stuck in this really fucked up situation with this allegedly abusive boyfriend and his roommate who she doesn't like. And they're all smoking PCP Mm -hmm. and selling PCP. And I mean... She also obviously smoked PCP. Mm-hmm. They found PCP in her blood and I think urine too, mm-hmm. which maybe that was part of the reason why she even ended up, you know, getting in a relationship with him yeah. to begin with. Maybe she was addicted to Didn't PCP. End, yeah. I'm not quite sure, but either way it's just fucking tragic, tragic yeah. and it's such a sad case. And I think that, you know, a lot of people can kind of like make a mockery of it and they, they, put out these really salacious headlines about, you know, how she was eaten and Mm. and just like fucked up, you know, trying to
4: sell. Yes. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Trying to sell, sell news and make headlines that sell. And Mm -hmm. her legacy gets completely lost Mm -hmm. in that. She should not be remembered as the girl who was eaten by her roommate. She should be remembered as a woman who had two children, was an aspiring Mm -hmm. model and, thought like hell for yeah. her fucking life.
4: Jesus Christ. That poor girl. Oh my God. I know. I know. <sighs> yeah. It's like once you get through all the goriness and like actually sit with it and like, that's yeah, it mm, just really,
3: I don't know, makes me sick. Mm-hmm. It just makes me think about times that I feel like everyone has probably, maybe not everyone, but a lot of people have probably you know, been in situations before where they felt like this is, you know, could be kind of dangerous or there's Mm -hmm. people like using substances that they are not reacting great to. And it's Mm -hmm. scary. And thankfully nothing, you know, happened, but like, it reminds me of a time that I was at this guy's house, someone that, you know, but I won't say the name on here. Okay. You'll probably know once I say this last part though. And he was like, out of his mind. And I, I wanted to leave so bad, but I was trying to, like,
4: yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. How'd you know already? I just knew. <laughs> <laughs> this so funny. I barely even got into the story. <laughs> We've
3: both had terrible fucking experiences yes, with I him.
4: Have, yeah, seen this man multiple times, just destroying everything in sight. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
3: And I was trying to leave, but I didn't want to, like, piss him mm-hmm. off or alert him yeah. to the fact that I was trying to leave or felt. Unsafe because he just would react to the Mm -hmm. smallest things.
4: You don't know what the reaction would be and you'd freeze. It's a yes. You know, in some instances.
3: Yeah. And he had a bow and arrow and he was shooting it at this, like he had one of those those football things. Yes. Yes.
4: The mannequin. Yes. The like football mannequin thing. Still. Yeah. How do you know on a Snapchat? What the fuck? I know. What the fuck? I know. That is fucking so bizarre.
3: So yeah, he's shooting this mannequin with a bow and arrow Mm. and I'm terrified that he's going to accidentally or purposely shoot me with the bow and arrow.
4: And mind you, you're probably like, what, 17, 17, 18? Yes, yes, (laughs) exactly.
3: So, you know, yeah, just like most people have been in situations Mm -hmm. where, you know, things seem really unsafe unsettling, disturbing, Mm -hmm. and you're trying to figure out how to get out of it. And unfortunately for Tynesha, this was happening in her own home, which should have been her safe space. Mm -hmm. And it was completely destroyed by her boyfriend and Antron.
4: (laughs) Fucking (laughs) Antron. Oh my god. Wow, that's heartbreaking and tragic.
3: Yeah. So that is the story of Tynesha, Isaiah, and Antron Singleton thank you all so so much for listening to the full story I hope that you guys enjoyed meeting Olivia she's yes, a little... I was
4: gonna say um earlier when I had said that I was a better guest that was a complete lie I'm very introverted and this is completely out of my norm so I'm more of a listener you know a you did a, great than a talker but you did I enjoy the story. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no,
3: you did amazing. And I know it's always kind of weird when you're on the microphone. I
4: feel like everyone is mm-hmm. a little bit shy at first. Yeah, I like hearing myself yeah. speak directly. It's like being amplified into my ears. And yeah. it makes me think more about what I'm saying. No, just, yeah. It yeah, it's
3: a it's a strange experience. Curve for sure. Absolutely. So next time you're on it, I'm sure you'll probably be more comfortable, but you did amazing. Just so you know, I just okay. like truly you did. And thank you so much for listening and for talking yes, to thank me about this. you for having me. <laughs> of course. So- if you ever want to be on another episode, let me know. And if you guys want her on more episodes, let me know, and I can make that happen for sure.
4: And if you really didn't enjoy me, just maybe keep that to yourself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> keep Rob on here. <laughs>
3: if anyone ever says anything bad about my sister, I will hunt you down. I will ap- I will find you. So that,
4: I think about this often, actually, being an adult now. Like thinking back to high school and just how. Savage everyone is in high school, and I was always like, Well, you know what? Like, if someone messes with me, my sister can really lay it down to them. You are very outspoken and you defend people very well, and but you do it in a way that will really just grind someone down to their heart. Did that make you feel like safe
3: though? That oh, I would yeah. protect you? Yeah. Okay, good, good. Yeah, I, I was hoping. Like, that's what she you. It were... happens
4: to me. Gabby will handle
3: it. I will. I will yes. always and still today, absolutely. Oh, thank you. So that makes me very happy, though, that you felt protected and yeah, felt safe because always. of it. And I hope I never did it to you. I probably did, but um, well, that I- might I'm be so sorry.
4: For that. Yeah, <laughs> just kidding. It's okay. That's just how sisters are, though. Too. Yes.
3: Yeah. Each I mean, you know, yeah. you fight growing up. It just yeah. happens. Mm-hmm. You fight as adults too. Thankfully, we don't really fight. Yeah. But you know, it does mm-hmm. happen. Yeah, just part of life. So yeah don't talk shit about my sister or like I said I'll hunt you down um but thank you also so much you can find us on Instagram TikTok we're trying to be more active on there I'm so sorry that we've been not super active and if you have any case suggestions or just want to talk please reach out to us at darkoriginspod at gmail.com
4: and thank you to all the listeners for supporting my sister because that's amazing keep doing that sharing, subscribing, whatever, liking, commenting.
3: Yes. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for saying that, Olivia, because I truly appreciate everyone that listens to this podcast so, so much. I I can't explain. I know I say every time, but I really, really appreciate all of you and I love you all so much.
4: Thank you guys for bearing through that and listening to me. No, you did great. And
3: I'll talk to you soon.
4: Bye.